At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the nightcap with tim murray and super bowl champion sean king on vsin the sports betting network Keep it rolling. Hour two of the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Scott Seidenberg, your normal host of The Look Ahead, but he's called the bullpen. Got a little under the weather co-host here, Sean King. <laughs> so uh, back-to-back nights with Mr. Seidenberg, and uh, we got uh, baseball going on all around, but it is inching closer to football. We have meaningful football this weekend. Some in other continents like Northwestern and Nebraska, but Come uh, come a week plus after Labor Day, the NFL gets rolling, and a team that uh, certainly is always there in the thick of it is the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's who we're discussing today on Summer Conditioning. This week it is the AFC West, and Sarin Petro has been covering the Chiefs, has been a talk show host in Kansas City for quite some time. Check him out on Sports Radio 810. He joins us right now. Sarin, um, you know, I, I was sitting here in studio on Saturday afternoon, and look, I... I could care less about the preseason, especially a team that has had the consistent success of the Kansas City Chiefs. But it felt like they were out to prove something. You know, just back-to-back drives, converting everything on third down with the starters in there. I'm curious, what is the talk in town? Because as crazy as it sounds, for the success that Kansas City has had, I feel like nationally, and, and I'll be honest, we've maybe fallen into it a little bit, with Denver making the moves that they've made, with Las Vegas making the moves that they've made, you know, with Justin Herbert entering another year. Are there some folks inside, you know, Chiefs headquarters that feel like they're getting slighted heading into this season? Yeah, you know, I think there's a little bit of that, you know, when when the Chiefs kind of hit the scene with Patrick Mahomes and a big, you know, they've been good with Andy Reid and Alex Smith, but they became great with Patrick Mahomes in that mix. And in 2018, you know, they were they were the cats meow, right? Everybody talking about them. They were the fresh hip thing. And, you know, I, I said, look, enjoy this right now because everybody loves you because you're, you're the one that can take down the Patriots, right? You're the one that can take down the teams that they're tired of watching be good. The hope is that you're good for long enough that you become that team. And I don't think the Chiefs are quite there where they're hated the way maybe the New England Patriots are, 
but it's kind of old news. Like saying the Chiefs are going to be first in the AFC, that, that doesn't get any clicks, right? The Buffalo Bills gets clicks. Uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers get clicks. And so I think that's where they are. And I, I think it's natural. And look, the system's set up to bring you down, although if you have that quarterback-coach combo, uh, it doesn't do a very good job of bringing you down. And the Chiefs have done a really good job with their, with their personnel around uh, those two individuals. So I get it, and I, and I think the, the people in the organization, I think Andy Reid gets it. But, you know, I think Patrick Mahomes has you know, had people now talking about other quarterbacks. That's kind of the first time that, oh, he's, he's not as – we thought he was maybe going to be the best ever. It turns out he's just pretty good. That gets under his skin. And then I, I think the fact that you, you've got two of his former receivers now, uh, Tyreek Hill on cast, saying two attack of a low is more accurate. Uh, he's, he's got uh, – uh, uh, I can't even remember his name. Uh, what's his name up in Green Bay? now that, um, you know, saying that Aaron Rodgers is the best. Yeah, Sammy Watkins, thank you. That uh, Aaron Rodgers is the best. A-Rod's the best. And, I, I, you know, this is a guy that when he played uh, the Baltimore Ravens the second time and he was voted the fourth best player in the NFL by the players, and Lamar Jackson was voted number one, and once he got control of that game, he led the team down for a touchdown. As he walked off the field, he very obviously, knowing he's on camera, counted one, two, three, four, and had kind of a puzzled look on his face. You know, he went into Chicago and, and played against Mitchell Trubisky, who went two in his draft class. When he went ten, scored a touchdown, Chiefs had control of the game, he counted out ten on his fingers, right? There's a little bit of that Michael Jordan if you're wrong him, if you give him a reason to get motivated, he will get very motivated. I think he'll also even make some things up. So I think the one guy that seems to be motivated is Patrick Mahomes. And, and I think the whole team is motivated, don't get me wrong. But Mahomes has that kind of Michael Jordan competitive sickness, and he does, a great, he does maybe a better job than Jordan of disguising it in interviews. But make no mistake about it, it, it's a fire that burns there, and it seems to be burning right now with him as bright as ever. Well, we can expect Travis Kelsey to be the number one receiving option for Mahomes. But with the loss of Tyreek Hill, as you mentioned, which one of the top three wide receivers will see the big impact? Will it be Juju Smith-Schuster? Will it be Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Or Nicole Hardman, who's kind of the incumbent in that room, and a speedster that can possibly do similar things that Tyreek Hill could bring to the table? You know, if if training camp that I watch is any indicator, it might be none of the above. It might be Justin Watson, who they got from the Bucks. Uh, he's got a tremendous connection with Watson, and they linked up on a big play uh, in this last preseason game. But there have been a lot of times. I mean, Watson seems to be where he, you know, he's comfortable that he's going to be where he wants him to be. I think it could be any of those guys. And you know, I, I do a cheese podcast here as well, and and that was one we were talking about tonight. Is that you know, can they be better without Tyree Kill? Well, they won't be better because they don't have Tyree Kill. But they can be better without him because of all the additions they have, the better depth. You know, one of the guys, their, their number three wide receiver last year was Demarcus Robinson, who's already been cut by the Raiders. Yeah. So I think the feeling is that while they're not as good at number one, they're better at two, three, four, and even five on the receiving depth chart. And as you mentioned, still have Travis Kelsey and have a, you know, a fresh offseason for Andy Reid to get in the lab and tinker with how to beat these shell and cover two defenses. And, and so I think there's a lot of confidence in the passing game. And certainly he spread the football all over the place. And I didn't even mention Jody Fortson, who had a couple of touchdowns last year and then got hurt, was back and scored two touchdowns in the game against Washington. It's a big 6'6 uh, receiver convert to tight end that uh, may give them, you know, their best second tight end that they've had in the Andy Reid era. So there's a lot of confidence in this passing offense. I don't know that there's a guy. Juju, if he's healthy, certainly has the best track record, right? But they're only guaranteeing him $3 million, which tells you how confident they are that he'll play. 
but there are incentives that can take it to 10 million. So he probably should be the guy if he's healthy, but I would tell you a sleeper late, you know, round grab in a fantasy league or for a buck in a fantasy auction or something, uh, or if you can find some extreme odds and get an over on Justin Watson, I doubt you could, but uh, I, I think he's going to surprise some people with how much he does get the ball. We're talking to Sarin Petro. Check out the program on Sports Radio 810 there in Kansas City as we're previewing the Chiefs here tonight with a little summer conditioning. You did not mention the name Sky Moore. He's been a guy that has gotten a lot of buzz in the offensive rookie of the year market. Uh, DraftKings has his odds all the way down to 10 to 1. Um, what is your expectation? What What are the Chiefs expecting uh, from the young from the young speedster there? You know, more and more receivers have broken out in that first year. Obviously, Jamar Chase was one of those guys yep. who wouldn't have the pedigree of the draft pick of Jamar Chase. But, you know, but in the old time, maybe I'm old school. A lot of times it's year two or even year three, year four, you're, you're pretty much just a bust. But, you know, year two or three, it would take time for a guy to break out. Uh, and we haven't seen any of the rookie receivers under Andy Reid come in and have a great first year. McCall Harbin was pretty good in year three last year. He was a little over 700 yards, you know, playing behind Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Um, there, there should be more opportunity. They like him a lot. He makes all the catches. Uh, they seem to be featuring him a lot in a lot of reverses and runs, maybe a little bit of a Debo Samuel package. He's not quite as big. Uh, he's not as tall, but he's, but he's certainly a thick-legged, strong receiver, and he wears 24, so he looks like a running back uh, out there at times. Great hands. You know, had, had a great sideline catch where he got the toes down. You know, there's a lot of optimism in him, so if I don't mention him, it's not because they don't like him. It's not because he hasn't been impressive. It, it's just probably you know going with what I think the odds would be that you know the, the veterans are more likely to be the guy. But listen, I think that's the dream scenario for the Kansas City Chiefs because it's a contract year for McCole Harmon. We mentioned Juju's only on a one-year deal, so they, they had to do some work to fill out this receiving core, and they'll have to do some work next year as well. If Sky Moore can emerge as the number one guy, or even in the second half start to emerge as that guy, they're certainly set up a lot better for the future because they're going to need to either get some guys signed or, or get out and get some more receivers next year as well. Well, we know how difficult the division is in terms of the quarterbacks that the Chiefs will be going up against. What's been the conversation surrounding this defense and how to prepare for the likes of Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson and Derek Carr with Devontae Adams now? It's certainly going to be a much bigger challenge than it was a season ago. Yeah, for sure. And and I think the things uh, about the Chiefs defense is, is you know, they, they headed into the offseason the same way, you know, they were talking about the, the offensive line two years before after the Bucks just wrecked them uh, in the in the Super Bowl. And, and they went out and, and did a great job of, of putting the offensive line together and, and, and really, you know, protecting Patrick Mahomes. And they did it with a lot of big splashes, trading a first-round pick and a combination of picks, but their first-round pick went for Orlando Brown. They spent a lot of money, uh, you know, in, in, in free agency uh, to, to go out and make sure that, you know, well, they drafted Trey Smith in the sixth round. He ended up being great. And Creed Humphrey uh, at center in the second round. But then they spent a lot of money on Joe Tooney in free agency to really – help solidify that offensive line. So there was a feeling that, you know, and Brett Beach mentioned that right off. He said, listen, we need to work on the defensive line. The line of scrimmage is always important. And like we did with the offensive line, we need to do with the defensive line. And there was kind of disappointment really for a while there because, uh, you know, George Karlaftis at pick number 30 was really the only significant addition that they had made. And, you know, there was kind of a feeling like, well, maybe the opportunity came and went. Then, you know, they, they, they keep at it. And all of a sudden, Carlos Dunlop's brought into the uh, equation uh, here in camp. Danny Shelton uh, gets added to the equation. So they did add more to it. Frank Clark came in in a lot better shape 
than he's been, and certainly leaner and hoping to be uh, quicker uh, this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, they, it wasn't the same kind of overhaul, but they do feel like they're going to be significantly better getting after the quarterback. George Karloftis has already had a couple of sacks in the preseason. He's a high-motor guy. So they think they're better there. Nick Bolton makes them a lot faster. Uh, you know, Anthony Hitchens was their middle linebacker. Now Bolton moves in full-time uh, at middle linebacker. And Anthony Hitchens isn't on a roster right now. I mean, I think it speaks to how big a jump they're making. Nick Bolton was one of the best rookie linebackers out there, and he'll play on the mic, which is his true position. And then they drafted five defensive backs in, in varying different rounds, all of them long, fast, players and you know i think that's going to be a big impact people look at tyron matthew being gone but justin reed is a faster more physical player at at safety you know he he didn't grade well according to pff down with the texans last year but you know a couple years ago he was better and they feel like he was really being misused uh in houston and and really frankly who isn't misused uh in houston right now so you can expect an upside but brian cook was a second round pick at safety i think he's going to play a lot he he replaces daniel Sorensen. So they're going to be a faster, I think, much more physical defense, and, and they, they expect to be better. You can follow Soren on Twitter at Soren Petro. Check out his show on Sports Radio 810. Thanks, Soren. Uh, always my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Take the VEASAN experts with you anytime. Sports Betting Network. Pocket Cash with popular picks. Join Levi's 501 Pop Culture Pools for free and answer questions for a shot at a share at $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Levi's now to join, now to get in on the action. Levi's buy better, wear longer. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Thanks to Seren Petro from Sports Radio 810 out in Kansas City for joining us, giving us a little in-depth preview on the Kansas City Chiefs, what to expect from the Chiefs this year. That's Scott Seidenberg. I'm Tim Murray. Uh, Baseball going on around uh, a handful of games tonight. We've got the Padres trailing again to the Guardians. Uh, They are down 2 to nothing in the 5th. Dodgers up 4-0 in the top of the 4th at first first 5 under. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Can throw that ticket in the trash and uh, scoreless out in Seattle uh, as uh, the 
Oh, not anymore. And we might have just had the largest uh, combination of pitcher batter weight um, in baseball history as Fran Mil Reyes, uh, the uh, enormous Fran Mil Reyes, got to pitch as a position player um, for the Cubs going up against Albert Pujols uh, for the Cardinals in a 13-3 route that the Cardinals are leading the Cubs by. So uh, that's got to be a, a record of the largest combined weight between a pitcher and a catcher. Uh, I mentioned it was scoreless. It's now 2 nothing Mariners uh, after was it Mitch Hanger went uh, went yard to left. So a 2 nothing Mariners, bottom four out there in Seattle. So the Kansas City Chiefs, Scott, mm-hmm. uh, this might be, I don't know, since... Patrick Mahomes' rookie year might not even been Patrick Mahomes' rookie year because they were coming off a playoff season uh, the year prior. At plus 175, they're still the betting favorite to win the division, but the division has gotten incrementally, I wouldn't even say incrementally, they have gotten vastly, vastly improved, right? Yes. Russell Wilson comes in, the Chargers keep getting better year after year, even though they had the slight setback today with J.C. Jackson, but he should you know, be fine at least at some point this season, early on in the season. And, of course, the Raiders went out. Uh, we're very busy as well, you know, bringing in Devontae Adams, bringing in Chandler Jones. So you look at this Kansas City Chiefs team, and they are plus 175 to win the division. Let's just start there. Would you bet them to win this division, knowing how much teams have improved heading into this year in 2022? No. I do not like them to win this division. Uh, I think that they will take a step back this year. There is going to be an adjustment. Teams have kind of figured out how to play them defensively. And the great equalizer to their offense was the ability to get the ball into Tyreek Hill's hands and watch him, you know, burn through the defense. I don't know if they have that dynamic anymore. So it's going to be a little easier to defend against them this year. Running back-wise, very curious how that rotation works between, you know, CEH and McKinnon and the rookie Pacheco. And uh, I just think that with a team that has the hardest strength of schedule in the NFL this season, it is going to be more difficult for them to win this division rather than the team that I think wins the division in the Los Angeles Chargers. So to your point on the schedule... Um, if you look at the, the, the chart that Warren Sharp always puts together uh, over on his website, and it is, it is wild to look at, you know, this progresses down, 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 mm-hmm. down, down. Chargers have the 31st most difficult schedule, or 31st easiest, second most difficult, and then it... Poof, I mean the Rams, not the Chargers. I'm sorry, the Rams. Mm-hmm. Then it drops right down. Um, so certainly you look at that schedule that we just had up on the screen, the first eight games of the season, are against teams that had a winning record in 2021. Cardinals, Chargers, Colts, Buccaneers, Raiders, Bills, 49ers, bye week, home to the Titans. There are really no... Now, once again, it's the Chiefs. Yeah, and it's Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. But there are no gimmies outside of what we would expect week 10 against the Jags, week 15 at the Texans, Everything else, man, that is it's a challenging schedule. It's a first place schedule, so you got to go to Cincinnati like they did last year. Um, you know, they uh, because it's a first place schedule, they play the 
you know, Buffalo Bills, no one else in the division uh, plays the Buffalo Bills. They have to play the Rams. So that is that is quite the daunting task when you look at, at that the schedules ahead. I, I do the reason look, I, I I don't know if I'd bet them to win the division. It's intriguing because it's at that price, Scott. But man, it does feel like there's something and I don't know if I want to compare him to the greatest basketball player of all time, mm-hmm. like uh, Sarin Petro did. And he wasn't trying to compare him, but he said there's a little Jordan-esque feel to him, how he finds these incremental things to motivate yeah. him yep. uh, heading into this year. And man, I, I don't know what it is and why people are talking so much crap about Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Like This is what he's done since he's been a starting quarterback for four years. He's been to the AFC Championship all four years. He's won the division all four years, and he's had 12 or more wins all four years. Now, he hasn't done it by himself. He's got really good pieces around him, and Tyreek Hill, who's no longer there, and uh, you know uh, Travis Kelsey. So I, I, I just I don't really fully understand why maybe people are just bored and they, you have to knock down really good players. Um, the defense, to me, is there's a lot to be desired there. Um, and as Sarin mentioned, you know, they went out, they went heavy in the draft, right? First round pick, George Karloftis, first round pick, Trent McDuffie, uh, the cornerback, uh, second round pick, Brian Cook, third round pick, uh, Leo Chanel from Wisconsin, who I'm a big fan of. They spent a whole lot of draft capital on this defense. This defense is not very good and it needs to get a lot better. Is it going to be good enough to slow down? The teams that we've already talked about that they play outside of the division, and oh, by the way, the teams that are within this division mm-hmm. that are really damn talented. I also think when you look at the schedule and the games that they'll be favored in on the road, there's going to be opportunities to bet against this team. They're going to be a road favorite going to Indianapolis in week three. And the Colts are much improved, certainly at the quarterback position. So that's an interesting test. Uh, they're going to be, you know, the, the game's going to Cincinnati and to Denver, currently listed at a pick but when the public comes in on the Kansas City Chiefs, which they will. They tend to do, yeah. You're going to probably look at the Bengals or look at the Broncos in that spot. You're going to look at the Chargers as a dog of a field goal in week two. You're going to look at the Bucks as a potential in Tampa to beat them. You're going to look at the Raiders when they're a dog going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, there's going to be a lot of potential to bet against the 49ers as well. There's going to be potential to bet against this Kansas City Chiefs team a lot this year. So looking uh, looking at the offense, no Tyreek Hill uh, obviously is a is a huge void there. How do they replace it? Um, you know, you bring in Juju Smith Schuster, often injured. Can he, you know, be that that piece? I don't know. Um, it was interesting to hear from Sarin Petro because I'll tell you right now, I think there was a lot of buzz on Sky Moore, the second round pick out of the out of the MAC, uh, was he at Western Michigan last year? And sounds like he hasn't really been popping so far. Mm-hmm. It takes a little while in the Sandy Reed system, which I think is I think has to be something to keep an eye on as Aaron gets in my ear too. He he's been dealing with an injury as well. Um that all being said, Patrick Mahomes is such a ridiculous talent that betting against him is <laughs> probably not that enjoyable, especially when it seems like, you know, I feel like there's going to be something to prove uh, by 
by Patrick Mahomes. A win total of 10.5. I mean, we've seen 12.5s out there in recent years. Yeah. Definitely 11.5. So when you look at a 10.5 win total, is that a thing that you would look at to play the under? Is this a team that you're complete fading, or you're just a little bit more belief and a little bit more value on a team like the Chargers as opposed to the Chiefs? Uh, I think it's the latter. Um, I don't have a feel for the total. I mean, if you told me it was 11.5, I'd take the under. You told me it was at nine and a half. I take the over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think ten is a realistic possibility for this team. What's well, actually really interesting, though? Sorry to interrupt. I mean, it, it's it's just minus one twenty to the over, which I think would surprise mm-hmm. some people. Which is sometimes an indicator of the book saying, "Look, this is this is going to be a hell of a year. Yeah, this and could, a challenge for the Chiefs, and this could wind up being." This is the nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. The Houston Astros have finished off the Minnesota Twins, a 4-2 victory for the Astros tonight. So the under, I believe, comes home in that one. It does. And if you uh, took the Astros on the mon- on the run line, whew, not that I mean, not that pricey, but still uh, here at Circa was minus 130, and you were able to get home there. 4-2 the final. Houston gets the win. Uh, Justin Verlander, 6 no hit innings tonight with 10 strikeouts. ERA, what, down to, I think, 1.87? Yeah, he's good. Not too shabby uh, there. The uh, likely AL Cy Young winner. Speaking of which, last year's Cy Young winner, Robbie Ray, has a no-hitter through five innings against the Washington Nationals as the Mariners lead 2 to nothing in that one out in the uh, Pacific Northwest. A busy night, a lot of late-night uh, baseball tonight. The, the Marlins have scored five runs, Scott. It's, uh, as our very own Greg Peterson notes, it's the first time they have scored four runs or more in the last 23 games. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of games. Uh, and then uh, we've got the uh, Padres going up against the Guardians right now. That one, 2-1 to one in the sixth. Uh, Guardians uh, getting on the board early, and uh, the Padres getting on... Uh, uh, scoring just, uh, I think, in the fifth inning there. So 2-1 to one in that one. Uh, the Padres trying to extend their lead in the wild card over the Brewers, who now trail 5 to nothing in the bottom of the fourth inning. So we're uh, breaking down the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are a believer in the Chargers, the team we will uh, preview tomorrow uh, as we continue our AFC West breakdown. Uh, by the way, the Patriots in Las Vegas, some uh, some joint practices between the Raiders and and the Patriots here in Las Vegas. Uh, we will preview the Raiders. They will be the final team we will discuss uh, breaking down all 32 teams here over the past couple of months with our summer conditioning. So the Raiders will be the finale, and that'll be on Thursday. Uh, but sticking with the Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes. So as Seren Petro kind of alluded to, you know, maybe there's a little extra motivation there for Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill has come out and said that 
Tua Tungavailoa is more accurate than him. I want to <laughs> read you the quote. Uh, as far as accuracy-wise, I'm going with Tua all day. Uh, Sammy Watkins. I think Pat is incredibly good, but A-Rod is on a whole other level. So I do wonder if there is this extra fire burning inside with Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek Hill gone, you know, this is the year, mm-hmm. Scott, where his contract is kicked in. You know, they've been able to work around, kind of massage that rookie contract. And now uh, you got to pay the you got to pay the big boys. And that's the way it always uh, plays out. So the over under on passing yards and, and you made a good point. Look, the majority of the time you do want to play unders because one small thing happens and you're screwed yep. uh, if you've got the over. Right. So 4650 is the passing over under. Put that into perspective. The year he won the MVP in 2018, he threw for over 5000 yards in the 16 game schedule. He missed a couple games in 2019 due to injury. He threw for 4031 yards that season. 2020, missed a couple games then, uh threw for 4740 and then last year, Scott 4,839. Tyreek Hill is gone. One of the most explosive wide receiver in the game. Uh, Travis Kelsey, of course, is still there. Uh, They've brought in some pieces to try to help fill the void. Do you anticipate Patrick Mahomes to have a season where he eclipses this number, which he has done Mm -hmm. in all three seasons where he has been fully healthy? Yes, uh, and, and he should just by doing what Patrick Mahomes is capable of doing. The thing that I wonder is where are these yards going to be split? Mm-hmm. You know, Travis Kelsey, you can pencil him in for 1,000 yards. He's had over 1,000 yards in the last six seasons. His total, I believe, is 1,100. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, where else uh, – where are you getting the – 35, 3,600, let's call it 35. Let's say Kelsey gets 1,100. Where are we getting the 3,500 yards from? Like where, okay, uh, Juju's number is like seven and change. If we give, you know, Hardman kind of the same and and Valdez Scantling the same, that's, that's, that's under 3,000 yards between the three primary wide receivers. I just wonder, you know, where are these, who's catching the 4,600 yards? That's my. That's where I'm curious. Where are the yards coming from? So just looking at uh, recent years mm-hmm. and yards per game. So he played 16 games, played all 16 in 2018. As mentioned, 14 in 2019, 15 last year. Oh, sorry, 15 in 2020, and then 17 uh, last year. And if I'm doing my math correctly, uh, he has averaged at least 287 yards per Per game mm-hmm. every year. And of the other three, he's averaged over 300 yards per game. So I understand where you're coming from. I think why I would look to play the over here is because m- more than likely because of the difficulty of this schedule, Scott, I don't think this is a situation like in recent years where he sits out the last game of the season. You know, the last game of the season is here in Las Vegas. Their last two games, Denver and Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. and we've talked about the challenges of that schedule. 
I would be very surprised. You know, once again, injury throws everything, uh, you know, aside here. It, it, you to me, it's over or pass. You you can't. I would be very surprised on the under. I think your point is valid, though. Where are those other yards going to get made up? Is it you know? The backfield picking up the slack with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's known more as a pass catcher than really between the tackles type of guy. You know, is it the emergence of someone that Seren Petro talked about, Justin Watson coming in uh, from uh, from Tampa Bay? Is it Miko Hardman taking another step forward? You know, the second round pick from a couple years ago. It's, a, it's an absolute fair question to ask. Yeah, we're talking about twelve hundred yards to replace mm-hmm. from Tyreek Hill. Uh, that's his average over the last last couple of seasons, right? So, who's getting those yards? Who where's where are those twelve hundred yards going? That to me is the biggest question that the, that you have to answer for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I just I trust in Patrick Mahomes to figure it out, and you know whether it be a kind of a hodgepodge um, mm-hmm. over over the month over the uh, over the season. So you look at passing touchdowns, thirty four and a half is the number. Um, you know, he's had some years where the passing touchdowns aren't necessarily there. Um, and then 10 and a half is the, uh, is the interceptions for Patrick Mahomes. You know, looking at his career numbers, uh, last year Patrick Mahomes threw 13 interceptions, which was, which was really high for him. Uh, over his career, 12, 5, 6, 13 uh, is what he did last year. So I would leave the interceptions alone. I think there might be some situations where he's forcing a little, a little bit more. I, I think this number goes over. I, I mean, I, I think that the the way that defenses are going to play, and a little bit of, it's not like the, I don't want to call it. You know, he's not familiar with his receivers, but there's there's going to be a little bit of growing pains here with a new receiving core. And maybe there's not that same feel that he had with the guys on his team in the past. And so he might think, yeah, you know what? Marquez Valdez-Scantling's going to break off his route, and I'm going to throw him the back shoulder. But maybe he doesn't do it, and Mahomes throws an interception. Maybe there's a time where he thinks that Juju is going to cut his route short, and and he's going to come back to the football. And he underthrows him, and it's an interception. There could be a lack of continuity, I guess, is that is what I'm looking for here, uh, and a little growing pains between him and this new wide receiving core. Plus, the way that defenses are certainly going to likely double up on Travis Kelsey and the way they handle the other receivers. Yeah, I, I can't disagree uh, with that. Uh, looking at some of the player prop markets, Travis Kelsey over uh, uh, 1,100 yards. Uh, he's obviously going to be the main target. Juju Smith-Schuster, 750. I wouldn't touch that just because of his injured past. Uh, Sky Moore, I mean, honestly, the thought would be initially under just because kind of the way that, you know, once again, I know he's been dealing with a hamstring injury, but hasn't been flourishing mm-hmm. so far. So fascinating year for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, a lot of questions, which has been a rarity these last half decade or so when it comes to the Chiefs, but one thing I do expect, a whole lot of passing yards from Mr. Mahomes. That's Scott. I'm Tim. More to come here on the Nightcap. Before you place your next bet, visit vcin.com for all the latest data and powerful betting tools. Start with our live odds.
This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The College Football Guide is out now, and the NFL Guide drops this Thursday. It's just a couple days away, folks. Start your football season on the... At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare right foot with expert profiles of every team including team trends power ratings over under recommendations plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VEASAN all-access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special and get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only 175 bucks, Or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Alongside Scott Seidenberg, I am Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Has not been a good night for the Milwaukee Brewers uh, as the over is, I think it's a push now. It's a push right now. 7 nothing. Bottom four, Corbin Burns, bye-bye. Lit up. uh, He is out uh, there for the evening. So, uh... Guardians and uh, Padres, two to one Guardians after six innings. So we uh, we just finished talking some Chiefs. Um, JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, uh, co-host of The Edge with Matt Newman's here on the network. Uh, we'll talk some Durant with him, with uh, Kevin Durant. Seems likely, <laughs> like he's staying uh, there in Brooklyn, uh, Scott. But we'll also hit a little college or a little NFL. I know he uh, wrote up. Some teams there in the NFL betting guide, which once again drops on Thursday. But you know, over the uh, the past week or uh, plus here, we've been taking a look. You know, not the top ten because JVT and Humans have been doing their own countdown, mm-hmm. and I believe they got to number four today with the Clemson Tigers. Uh, but I've been looking at the most intriguing teams. You know, teams like Texas and LSU. What do we expect from them? You know, yesterday we talked about NC State. Um, I did a radio hit today in Memphis, and I. Felt like there's there's some vibes with NC State, like UNC last year, where you know there's this all this push. Hey, they're gonna do it. Yeah, they did lose their two starting running backs. They lost their top receiver. They lost uh, Iki Aquanu. They're gonna be really good, but how good are they gonna be? Mm-hmm. Well, team won the national title last year was the Georgia Bulldogs. First time since the '80s they had got it done. Uh, they they get to the promised land and. 
They were able to beat Alabama, avenge that SEC championship loss. They dominated everyone last year uh, in the regular season. Lost the SEC title, bounced back, win the national championship, beat Michigan, and then, of course, beat mm-hmm. Alabama in the national title. Their win totals at 10.5. And, and, you know, Sean's talked about, is a Georgia team ready to be in the Alabama ilk in this regard? The amount of talent that walked out that door. Are they ready to just reload? So when you look at Georgia and what is returning this year for the Bulldogs in in production, on the offensive side of the ball, they bring back a good chunk of their production, uh, 74% according to S&P+. However, on the defensive side of the ball, they bring back just 47% of their production. Tons of talent goes to the NFL. Um, This is a team, when you look at their schedule, they open up with a non-conference showdown against Oregon, uh, where they're north of a 17-point favorite. And then the SEC East, there's some exciting teams, but how much do we know about a South Carolina who brings in Spencer Rattler, but are they good enough to knock off a team like Georgia? Tennessee, a lot of buzz around the volunteers with Hendon Hooker coming back. Another year under Josh Heupel. Lots of belief in Will Levis and the Kentucky Wildcats down there. They're minus 550 favorites to win the SEC East for a reason. Yeah. I think there's a step back for Georgia, but I don't know how big it is. I don't know if they're going to go undefeated. I would say they're not uh, this year. Someone's going to knock them off, in my opinion. But that all being said, they're going to be near a double-digit favorite in every single game this year until the likely showdown against Alabama in the SEC title. Mm -hmm. They are, you know... I think minus 120 at DraftKings to make the playoff this year. So if they're 11 and 1 and they lose to Alabama, hypothetically, do they get into the playoff? Good chance because it's an SEC team. If they're 12 and 0, it's, you know, forget about it. So when you think about this Georgia team this year, is there a drop off in your eyes? And if so, how big of a drop off? I don't think it's a big drop off at all. Uh, I, I think this team is going undefeated. I think they're going to win the SEC championship game, and it's going to be the reverse of what we saw last year. You think they're beating Alabama? I think it's going to be the reverse of last year. Oh, I think okay. it's going to be where they're both 12-0. and Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship game, but Alabama wins the national championship. I like that prediction. That's going to be, it's going to be the opposite. I'm not saying Alabama over Georgia in the national championship right. game, but however they match up in the semifinals or whatever, I think it will be... Alabama winning the national championship, but Georgia winning the SEC title this year, kind of flipping what happened last year. Uh, look, the, the the biggest star on that offense is the tight end Bowers. Oh, and the whole tight end room, by the way, yes. is just ridiculous. Yeah, him and Washington are going to be the two biggest receiving weapons for Stetson Bennett. And, you know, Kirby Smart reloads every single year, especially on the defensive side of the football. I don't think this team faces a a, a drop-off at all, honestly. And looking at their schedule, the the true road games, Tim, is what's important here. At South Carolina, at Missouri, at Mississippi State, at Kentucky. Yeah. They're not losing a game. And Oregon might as well be a home game. It's at the Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta. And then the Florida game in Jacksonville, I don't think Florida poses a threat. This team is going 12-0. and 
And I'll tell you what, on DraftKings Sportsbook right now, you can get like plus 150 on the over seven and a half SEC wins for Georgia. That means that they would have to go undefeated in their conference games. They'd have to win all eight of their conference games. And I don't see them losing a game in the regular season. So I do think that this team goes 12-0. And I do think that they run through their conference schedule. I don't know who they lose to. I think there is a loss out there. And and my guess right now, looking at their schedule, there's one game that jumps out at me as, mm-hmm. as a potential kind of weird spot. You know how I like love my situational yeah. spots. Well, November 12th, they go to Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State is a team that brings back a ton from the year prior. Uh, I know a handful of people are, are intrigued by their over. Um, in Starkville, kind of a sandwich spot because Georgia will be coming off the Tennessee game at home, week prior against Florida, neutral site, and then a really important game to win the SEC East against Kentucky in on November 19th. I think that's a tricky spot. You know, I don't know if they'll lose the, it the outright. Only, I'm just saying. Yeah, the I, only I, reason I, 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 I kind of disagree is because I think Kentucky has a major drop-off from what they were last year. Oh, I no, I'm not saying. Yeah. I, I'm not saying Kentucky. I think Mississippi State oh, you think Mississippi is a State. weird okay. kind of. Before the Kentucky at, game? Before the Kentucky game. Because that, I, there's a lot of hype on Kentucky. There's also a lot of people, uh, and one of them that will join us in studio, Matt mm-hmm. Lindemann from Winbet, that are on their under. Yeah, uh, that, which I would agree with. You know, Kentucky, I feel like they're getting this, a lot of hype coming into this year with Will Levis, is he a Heisman front runner? all this. No. You know, a lot of juice. <laughs> you know, that November 19th game, I'm sure all Big Blue Nation is thinking, hey, game day is going to come here. Yeah, uh, not, not, not when you're an unranked uh, team. So I, I think depending on the season, how it goes, you know, maybe there, there might be a spot to stub their toe. But, you know, win totals at 10 and a half, it would be pa- over or pass. I do think they win the SEC East again. You know, this is another, but I, this is a test, though. I'll say this for Georgia: if they're really going to be that consistent mm-hmm. Alabama, Ohio State type of team, where they're in the playoff every year and they're in the SEC championship every year, this is an interesting test for them because of the talent that they lost. I mean, think about these players: number one overall pick Trayvon Walker, Lewis Seen, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker. All those guys went in the first round last year. I mean. They were, it was an embarrassment of riches for Georgia that they had on the defensive side of the ball. James Cook is gone. Zamir White is gone. Uh, you know, George Pickens is gone. So they lost a whole hell of a lot of talent. But also to your point, and that's why at this point it's, you know, I think Georgia probably is back in the playoff. You know, maybe they get they stub their toe, but I think they win the SEC East. I, I would be very surprised. You know, I think Tennessee's good, but guess what? Tennessee has to go between the hedges. I think, I don't think Florida's going to be very good this year. You know, Kentucky, got to prove it to me. You yep. know, they're consistent, but you got to prove it to me. I just can't find a loss on this guy. I think you're you're more bullish than I am. I, I get it. They're a double digit favorite right now in every single game uh, on their schedule, but I think they may lose a game. But they're going to be in the SEC championship yet again, uh, and I don't anticipate, despite. The mass exodus to the NFL, a huge drop-off mm-hmm. for the Georgia. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.